Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. Welcome to the self-proclaimed second-best podcast of the A7FL. I am your temporary host, division owner, and minor league Hall of Famer, Derek Duncan. Alongside of me, my co-host, the commissioner and new division manager of the A7FL Nevada, Mr. Chris Vera. How we doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just excited about everything. So I'm I'm amped to get this thing going. It's been a fun holiday experience. Lots of ups and downs for everyone that I know. Uh, Mr. Casey Cox is going to be joining us a little later when his tech gets fixed. He is traveling today and in and out of mountainous regions. So hopefully we'll get him to a nice spot where he picks up a signal and we can bring him into the show so we get his contributions but until then chris we wall it out baby hell yeah let's go <laughs> all right <laughs> my man home let's get it let's get loose dude let's let's cut it loose man ain't nobody holding us back today <laughs> <laughs> so uh i guess to kick things off did you listen to any of the three-on-one podcasts with rtc and ant smith that just dropped today you know what? I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I've, I've got to. I try to listen to it um, Wednesday mornings uh, while I'm doing stuff, you know, working and doing what I need to do. I usually uh, try to put it in and listen to it. Didn't have a chance today. Yeah, no sweat. So it, it was a little different this week. They actually came up with a video version of the podcast. So it took a little longer for them to drop it. And then uh, it ended up on Apple Podcasts first before it ever hit Spotify. So I heard like the first half hour and uh, ended up on the phone myself. So I didn't get a chance to finish it, but it was Anthony RTC Wilkerson, the MVP of last year's spring season and Ant Smith, the current running back for the pit bosses who is taking the running back position by storm in Vegas uh, used to play for the force and was uh, RB two behind RB one, Anthony Wilkerson. And he decided to leave the force permanently to join the pit bosses so he can have that RB1 action and it's working out well for the pit bosses. So uh, very interesting to hear them go back and forth because, you know, they're friends, they know each other well, but of course, when you're friends and know each other, well, this, the shit talk gets even better. So deeper, deeper. Gentlemen, what's the fuck is up? Oh, oh, there's the host. Casey award-winning Oklahoma broadcaster. <laughs> well, welcome What's to up, the podcast, Casey. Casey. <laughs> Thank you. Finally got my issues fixed. Finally let me on. Sitting here with full bars of service in Bullhead City, and it wouldn't let me in the damn room. I'm sitting here going, come on. What the <laughs> hell? Do yourself but a favor, don't move. Right. <laughs> right. No, I'm not. I said, I said, park it right here. I'm in. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> What's interesting is it didn't ask me to add you again. So it popped you in without even notifying me. So I'm glad that worked because I didn't even see you coming back in. So Casey, we are uh, basically four minutes into the show. So, uh, so far I've talked to Chris about uh, whether he needed the, or if he's listened to or watched the three on one podcast. Uh, and I was curious if you had. No, I had not actually. I'd been on the road all day in and out of service and so I hadn't had a chance to actually pop it on and listen to it. No sweat. Well, we won't spend too much time on it, but uh, just to bring you up to speed, Anthony Smith, who's the new running back for the pit bosses, who was uh, RB2 for the force, is now RB1 for the pit bosses, and Anthony Wilkerson, who is obviously RB1 for the force and now RB1 for the kryptonite this fall season both on the three-on-one podcast talking mad shit to one another as they are good friends and know each other well. So very entertaining. Uh, the host, Matt Ryan, our boys, Corey Hammond and big Rob Fabian out there holding it down on the East coast and uh, showing Vegas some love, bringing our guys on the pod, showing Vegas some love because we're the only thing going right now <laughs> on a seven, except for right. highlight shows and other, and other podcasts. So uh, also want to send a quick shout out to the parlay podcast out of Florida uh woody ness and joey Bate. i was listening to their podcast from two weeks ago and they were talking they had nicolaimo uh, on and uh who's the commissioner out of florida and talking about uh things that are happening in florida and how that division's growing and nick's strategies out there as the commissioner so that's a really good podcast to check out if you guys are interested in all things a7 and want to know what's happening out east outside of uh new jersey and, and baltimore and then of course the new Vegas centric player podcast that's talks all things football in Las Vegas, our view. I kept calling it our story. Cause I had just recently gone to Hawaii and everybody talks story out there. Got that mixed up, but uh, fun show. They're uh, working on their tech and getting everything together, but I uh, want to give a shout out to those guys. They are primarily on Facebook right now, but I think they're going to end up on Spotify podcast with the rest of the crew. So we'll see how that works out, but uh, let's get to our shit guys. Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested to dig into what we're about to see happen or might see happen in the next four days on Sunday at Bonanza High School as we get back to action. It's a good one. We got some good games on deck. That's for damn sure. This coming Sunday, week three, A7FL, Nevada, specifically Vegas, with our third set of matchups of our six spring teams coming in hot. I'm super I mean, let, let's not talk about the matchup yet that everyone's talking about because it's the topic of the three on one right. podcast. It's are these teams good enough to compete in the spring on a national level? Let's talk about the other games to start. So we've got uh, game three, which will be between two teams that are currently on if the playoffs were to start today on the outside looking in in the Vegas gold who have lost by a combined total of four points <laughs> the first two games and have not converted about, I want to say seven extra points over the course of those two games. And the Las Vegas insomniacs who have uh, also not won a game, but have lost by a combined total of 111 points or 117 points. Uh, they, lo they lost by, no, I think it's, I actually think it's uh 80 something. Anyway, they lost by a lot so far and haven't really been competitive at all, but uh, have had a lot of time to practice the, the last three weeks. And 
expecting them to elevate their game quite a bit against a gold team who's been competitive but has yet to put one in the win column. And the only reason that the gold haven't put one in the win column is the extra points. I mean, you say four combined points, and those four, four points are all missed extra point conversions that ended up costing them the game at the end, whether it was by one or by two or by three. It was, it was the failure to convert the three extra points during the game or the four extra points during the game that ended up costing them Damn, the game drunk. in the end on how to go about the, how to go about the extra point conversions then they will absolutely probably pull out a victory you know yeah. I, case I, i'm agree with you i'm gonna tell i'm gonna say it like this i'm gonna say extra points are about as important as you can get in this game because we've seen teams that have um now uh, let's let's take the pit bosses out of it. Let's let's move that out. Let's move them out of that that conversation. They're pretty good at converting, but yes. when you're looking at the overall and you're looking at teams that are out there playing this game and scoring points, we we've got to point to that and say, look, you know, extra points are are paramount. You better get out there and score your extra points. To lose all your games by a total of four points, just imagine what their record could be if they would have scored just two extra points, you know what and I'm when saying? You take so, a, exactly. And when you take a field goal out of it and there's no kicking, there's no field goals, the one point throw one point from the five or two points from the 10 becomes that much more critical because that's your only options. Well, you got to have your money plays, man. You've got to have your plays that are, you know, 80% or better when you're dealing with extra points. And the thing about it is <clears throat> I can't stress to teams enough you know, there's certain plays that you've got to run when you're at that point, and you've got to have your quarterback have options. And if you don't, this is what happens. You know, this is this is we're seeing the the actual proof of it. Proofs in the pudding, as they say. Well, we're looking at it right here with them losing games by a total of four points. That, that's telling you something right there. So that's how competitive, and let's let's stress that that's how competitive this league truly is. Well, I'm going I'm to take it a step further and kind of go a little outside the box with the thinking on this. I, I consider the extra point special teams just like they do in college and pro, even though we're not kicking the ball, right? It is still considered special teams. It's one play untimed to do something special. That is special teams. Everybody, every coach, every player talks about winning in all three phases. And then in the A7FL, especially in Vegas, I don't think the coaches or the players put enough emphasis on special teams until they know they're going up against someone like a Savion Cunningham or a Trey Robinson who's going to be returning kicks and they start thinking about the three-on-one, but they don't focus on the, the special teams that is the extra point because that's offense and defense, right? That just feels like regular shit. But if you're not practicing five-yard short yardage plays or 10 yards got to have it short yardage plays as part of your – every day, every practice, spend the last 10, 15 minutes of the game working on that shit or last five, 10 minutes of practice working on that shit, you're not going to be good at it. It, You might be a great offense, but you're a great offense when you've got, you know, 80 yards in front of you and a lot of space. When it gets down to goal line, not most teams don't have a great offense because all the spacing goes away. So if you're not practicing that frequently, 
you won't be good at it. Or you definitely won't be able to, to, to go up against a defense that is, that has been practicing it and expect to succeed. So, well, Derek, I think, I think we got to take a step back too and look at it a little bit deeper because how many times have you seen NFL, um, USFL? I don't care who it is. If you've got a third down and two, if you've got a third down and five and you don't want to kick the ball, you better have a play that is going to get you that first down. What's the difference? There is none. Whether you're talking goal line, I understand that you have a lot more room to work with if it's third down and five and you're, and you're playing from the uh, 30 yard line of the, of, you know, you're on your own 30 yard line. I understand that, but it doesn't change the fact that you better have a play in your playbook that you can go to on one side or the other. It doesn't matter left or right side of the offense that you can go to and pick up that first down. It's we're not talking anything different. It's the same type of deal. You've got to have your go-tos. And I see a lot of teams in this, in this league, that don't have their go-tos for short yard, short yardage situations. All right, Chris. Tailback right, slot right, motion left, option. <laughs> yeah, that brings back memories. <laughs> <laughs> or good for at least 30 yards. <laughs> oh, or, when you, or when you don't have to, when all your linemen are eligible, jailbreak. Oh, <laughs> Dude, so, come on, man. But, but we practice that. Exactly. You you practice it and you make it part of your game. And I think that the, 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 the lack that we have right now in the league, and you could correct me if I'm wrong in your thinking, but the lack we have in this league right now is um, situational football. That's what we're lacking. Um, the good teams have it. The good coaches know it. And they practice it, like you said. You have to be able to practice your craft. And part of that craft is short yardage situations. Like I said, there's no difference. If you're, if you're going for a, uh, a single point conversion or a two point conversion, you have to have your go-tos. And I see a lot of teams that don't have their go-tos. Well, l- let's not get it twisted. I-, I know for a fact that the three of us are s- coordinators, special assistants to every team in Las Vegas right now. Because once they have a crappy game, or even if they have a good game, we come, ba- we come back, break down their activities on the field and tell them everything that they did well and everything, and more importantly, or more frequently, everything they didn't do well, because we focus on that. And right. then you see coaching changes that, you know, like this, the one I like to point to the most is, you know, obviously Savion Cunningham was running through the league <clears throat> on returns. I'm like, man, if you put out three linemen, or two linemen and a quarterback to try to stop Savion Cunningham, you're, you're going to be giving up six points every single time. You need to have your best corners and your best free safety out there. Hopefully one of them can throw the ball or the best tackling guy you got that can throw a ball. And that is the three you need to have out there. Otherwise you're going to get toast. Man, the pit bosses absolutely listened to that. They had the, yeah. you know, three, their three best players on the team were out there to stop Savion. So <laughs> Co- and coaching from the, yeah, coaching from the press box. We did we did a good job. It, yeah. it worked well. <laughs> They're listening, <laughs> right? But but honestly, as I've said a bunch of times, and maybe not on this podcast as frequently, I got into this because I wanted a team. I wanted to coach a team. I wanted to head coach and GM a team. That was the whole reason I inquired about the A7FL in the first place. And they said, you know what? You can own a division, and 
obviously that shit has spun out of control and here we are today but right my, my passion and my heart right. is in coaching and the x's and x's and o's actually my, my brain and heart is in the x's and o's my, my my spirit is in the mentorship of young men so it's working out well for me on both fronts i get to you know be an armchair quarterback on on monday through saturday and then you know mentor guys in the in the midterm so it works out well you know what though and and i'll be right there with you you know you get to a point in your life where the body is not able but the mind is willing and to give these guys knowledge especially in situations that we're talking about is paramount and i can't stress that enough i mean there's so much in so much in my head when it comes to route running when it comes to being a wide receiver and understanding positions and <clears throat> plays depending on what a defense is giving you it's incredible of what can the knowledge that can be dropped especially when you're playing a seven on seven game people have to understand when you when all of us talk about this when we go through this and we're talking about the different styles of football and we're you know when we're talking about eight on eight flag compared to seven on seven um you know, Corey had, had given me crap a little bit about it. And yes, I'll bring up his name because I love the dude. But um, he's like, Chris, I, I, I really don't know what your thoughts are. I really don't know where you come from when it comes to playing this game. And the one thing I told him is I said, dude, if A7FL was around when we were playing flag, that's what we would have been playing because basically we're playing eight on eight A7FL. Right. <laughs> I mean, we could call it eight, you know, A7 or eight A8FL because of the way we, we played. And but every, but everyone was is, eligible though. That's exactly, the, yeah. exactly. And we, we ran plays that um, brought the uh, capabilities of our wide receivers, our running backs, everybody into our style of football. And I think that when you come to a situation like we're in now and these guys are playing and they have to understand what the capabilities are, you have to play up to your capabilities. And I think that that's what coaches have to start doing. Look, I'll be the first one to say it, and I will give a man his his flowers for everything he's done. And I will tell you right now, the pit bosses coach is Bartley is second to none in this league. The man has taken everything that his players has, have given him. He plays to the strength, whether it be on defense, whether it be on offense, whether it be in the return game. This man knows his team inside and out. And I will tell you right now, if there was a coach of the year, hands down after two, I know we haven't played a full season, but after the games we played, that's my coach of the year. He understands what it takes to bring a team into this league, to put them on uh, the road to winning and to, to make them, you know, whether it's, it's a right name or, or not, you know, you could change, easily change a pit boss's name to second to none. Because, I mean, these guys, they, they don't answer to anyone. They go out and they run their game, and it's stop us if you can. Yeah. So Not only does he play to his own strengths and the team's strengths, but he's also very quickly learned and very quickly adapted to this style of game and learned what he needs to bring to the game to make his team function and work. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean... I'm sitting on the sidelines, you know, I get to watch this game from the sidelines and it's, it's something to behold when you're sitting on the sidelines and you're listening to what he's calling and you listen to the way he's coaching his team and the things he's saying and the things they're doing on the field. He gets it. This is, this is something that took Bartley a season 
to understand. And now he's playing to his team's strengths. And I would tell any coach out there right now, you want to see how to coach a team, watch this man coach. This man knows what he's doing. This man is, in my eyes, like I said, he's second to none. I, I, I got I to gotta say what I can about the man because I think that his players listen to him. His players have bought into everything they're doing. That team right now is a team to beat in this league. Now, come, come uh, spring season, when we're doing this all over again, is there going to be a difference? I don't think so. He understands this game. He understands this game inside and out. Yeah. And he's going to have an extra season on the force come spring, and that's going to make <laughs> still sounds that more, much more <laughs> yeah. dangerous. Yeah, thank you, Zoom, for making Casey Cox sound like he's drunk or high. But <laughs> yeah, one or two, and enjoying right. it the whole time. <laughs> this reminds me of Max Hedrum a little bit. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, showing our age. So uh, so you brought up an interesting conversation point, Chris, something we've really not talked about or had the opportunity to really get into before this fall season is coach of the year. That's an interesting conversation piece, especially with us having multiple player coaches in our, in our league right now. So something that I will definitely put a pin in and then comment back. Yes. Bartley and the pit bosses look like the class of the fall division. And to me look every bit as good as the force. I will not say they look better than the force. My personal opinion, because I've seen them both, uh, both uh, uh, close and personal. I don't think one is better than the other right now. And the force returning as a champion, they're still the champions. So they're the team to beat when we get to the spring. De- but Derek, I'll I, put a pin I, in I, that. Gotta, I gotta say it. I gotta say it. Well, yeah, let, me, let, me, it. Fin- let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, this go ahead. Go ahead. Finish, your thought. finish your thought. Yeah. So, but in the coach of the year conversation, I, when I see coach of the year, I think of someone who's put together something out of nothing versus someone who's taken a whole bunch of talent and elevated that, that's a really good job. You know, that's, that's Andy Reed. I'm looking for more like the Mike Vrabel of the world type guys. When I'm looking at coach of the year, somebody who had nothing, or I'll even say Dan Campbell, especially being a Lions fan, people would look at that team. Like they don't have much talent there, but they now look like one of the scariest teams in the league. Cause they're doing a lot with what everyone considers a little. And for that, I give the nod to Ray Jones and the Hunters. No one expected them without Rashad Davis or Mark Cooper being here to be the other 2-0 team in the fall and bringing a guy out of nowhere that none of us really were talking about in Kwame Southall, Keuno, and turned that team into a team that we're all talking about as well. So when I look at coach of the year, that's not saying that one's doing a better job than the other, but that's how I kind of look at a coach of the year on uh, traditionally. So Chris, to your response, I'm sorry. No, um, I think that you're right. I think that that, that is true, but I've, I've got to give credence to, to a coach that is like Bartley that has done what he's done. I mean, when we talk about this, we got to also think that, you know, these are, these are guys that go out and it's not the NFL. It's not, hey, you know, you've got 53-man roster, sign who you, who, you, um, who you can, and they're, they're with you all season. We're talking about guys that are going out and recruiting. We're talking about guys that are, are 
having to have players buy into what they're doing. And I think that when we talk about coach of the year, you have to talk about all those things. And Bartley has done something that I didn't think was, um, I, I don't say he wasn't capable because I think he, the man is very capable. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. But what I'm saying is that when, I, when I've said it time and time again, iron sharpens iron, the interesting piece to me that is going to come together in this whole thing will be the pit bosses versus the force. That's going to be the epitome. And I, I, I don't want to, don't get me wrong. I don't want to take away from the fall season. I don't want to do that, but I'm very, very interested as a spectator and as a person that understands football and understands how things go with football. I'm very interested to see what these two teams are going to do uh, come the spring season. The reason that I'm very interested is, like you said already, there's some players that have come in and started playing with the pit bosses that were force players. What's going to be that dynamic? Where are they going in the in the spring? We have a team in the pit bosses that I feel give you um, they can beat you a multiple multitude of ways. Let's not let's not forget that. They're not just one dimensional. They can do multiple things. They can throw the ball. They can beat you with, with their wide receivers. They can beat you with, with their running game. So it's almost to the point of pick your poison. And they are a fast team all the way around. Not just when, when I say that, not just offensively. And we've got to remember that because this league gives credence to um, quarterbacks that can run the ball. We can't forget about that. They are, we've got some really good quarterbacks that have arms, but that can also run the ball. So we have to remember that and think about that when we're talking about these guys. And that's why I say, you know, pick your poison with these guys and be careful of the poison you pick. Because if you say, hey, show me what you can do throwing the ball, they can beat you throwing the ball. Show me what you can do running the ball. They can beat you running the ball. So pick your poison and pick it carefully because I'm telling you right now, these guys are, and I'm going to go out and say it right now, they are not just my choice to win the fall, but they're my choice right now, right now, to win um, come the uh, the spring season as well. well that's interesting. So I, I am going to say to you the same things that I think about saying to Big Rob Fabian, but we've never had a play platform to really get into this conversation. So I'm going to you're you've basically taken the same position so i now i get to have this conversation with you instead of him and i've been preparing this for a very long time so my apologies chris <laughs> no problem <laughs> so you saw the pit bosses in the spring you saw you see the pit bosses in the fall and you see the amount of improvement that the pit bosses made from spring to fall we all see that and it's tremendous and kudos to them they, they have put themselves in the conversation as competitive on a national level. And I love it. I, I knew it was coming. It's wonderful to see it in the fall. I cannot wait to see it in the spring. You don't would think agree. that the, you don't think that the force is going to have the same level of incremental improvement. Like they've, they're stuck in on J July 22nd, 2022, and they're not going to improve themselves. Well, oh no! Don't, don't no, get me wrong. no no okay, no okay, no go no. Ahead, hang go on. Ahead, let me, let me finish. I'll hold, I'll hold it. I'll hold it. I'll think about it, and I'll make sure I remember it. Go ahead. 
the pit bosses had a full season, just like the force had a full season in the a seven FL and saw what was necessary to win on the national level and changed their perspective and flipped the script and started recruiting heavily and did everything they needed to do to put together a good team, a great team, and are going to be even better in the spring than they are now. But the force is doing the exact same thing in the lab. What, they, what they're not getting is the level of competition when you're playing yourselves. But those improvements that the pit bosses made from, for, from the end of the fall to the beginning of the spring we all should expect the force to have the exact same level of incremental improvement from their last game in the spring to their first game next spring. And looking at what the leap for the pit bosses was and looking at what the leap from the force could potentially be if we say that their leap is equal to that, if you start at where their base was, oh my fucking God, they're going to look like damn near NFL team when they step on the field if they do that. I don't think that great of a leap is necessarily possible unless Big Mac is out there recruiting his ass off. And I know he is because I know some of the guys he's got. But there's so much room for growth there. And with the peak being what it could be, it's scary to think about. And that's something that no one has said, including you now, Chris. Go ahead. You can respond. All right. So my response to that, and I'm going to echo something that uh, Corey said, and that is the difference between the two is one's playing right now, the other's not. And you cannot, I don't care how much you practice, exactly. I don't care what you do, you cannot replicate game speed. Don't care what you do. So the fact of the matter is right now, that's why I'm giving the pit bosses a leg up. Because right now, the pit bosses are playing together as a team. And Derek, we played on teams many times. And we know the difference between when you play together compared to when you practice together. When you play together and practice together, that's a whole different story than just practicing together. Now, I'm not saying anything negative about the force. And Big Mac has got his, I mean, that man knows his, his, his stuff too. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is just this, and that is when you have a team that you put out on the field during this time of year, and they have what, they're going to have what, maybe a month to get ready for the fall, I mean, for the spring season, these guys have already been doing it. They already know where their weaknesses are. They already know what they need to practice on. They don't have to come out and try to figure that out like the force is going to have to. And I don't care who you are. You take any NFL team and say, okay, you're not going to play any kind of preseason games whatsoever. We're just going to throw you in game one. We all see, have seen now what it means in the NFL when guys come out and they step on the field, game one in the NFL. Right now, I can tell you, I don't want to see game one in the NFL because it's trash, because these guys need to take the time to get up to game speed because nobody's playing in the preseason. So what's the difference between that and what we're talking about right now? So what I'm saying is, if you were to play the pit bosses versus the force game one, I'm picking the pit bosses. And I'm picking them by, by at least, and this is going to sound bad, by at least 14 points. The reason being is these guys have played together. The force is not. They're I'll still going to be I'll trying to force figure plus out what's a thousand, going on. Please. 
and okay, I'll, I'll take four, I'll four, 14, 4,000, please. Thank you. I'm, but go ahead, Chris. I am, finish. I just want to make sure we didn't gloss over that. I got a CBS receipt on that one. All right, all right, and we've got it recorded, so we'll know. Yes. But what I'm saying is, when it comes down to this, when it comes down to what's going on on the field, when these guys understand who's on their squad, what their weak link is. And is it truly a weak link or is it just something that they could, with a little bit of practice, they could overcome? I've got to look at the team that has been playing together longer. And right now, that's the pit bosses. So force, and trust me when I say, I've seen, I have witnessed firsthand all-star teams be thrown together that should beat the crap out of all kinds of teams, but they're, for, they're facing teams not a bunch of individuals that are still trying to figure themselves out. And that goes to say something. Hell, dude, we put teams on, on the field that had no business winning, and we won because we practiced together. We understood each other, and we knew come game time what to expect. There's a difference between a team that, that has played together for a season and understands one another compared to a team that you might be throwing some really good players into, in with each other. And that's why I said, that first game, if they were to play each other in the very first game of the season, my money's on the pit bosses. Now, come the end of the season, it might be a total different story because now they've had a season under their belt to play together and figure each other out. There's Just something so we're that's... clear, the CVS receipt is only if it's game one, I get four, plus $14,000. Yes. $4, yes. All right. That's on tape. Casey, you had uh, some. Uh, Chris, are you still going, or do you want is Casey ready to respond? No, I'm good. I'm good. Casey, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna. I was gonna say I'm. I'm pretty much on board with Chris on that one. I mean, yeah, the Force is a damn good team. I'm not gonna take away from what they are doing, but the fact that now the pit bosses have had what will be two seasons in the league, and the fact that we've seen the dogs that Anthony Bartley will unleash and can unleash if they remain to be and stay the dogs that they are in the fall, in the spring, and game one does be the force and the pit bosses, I would say that the pit bosses are going to put up a 50-burger on the force because they're going to be together, they're going to be with it, and the force, like you said, are going to be trying to figure it out still. Now the end of the season, maybe not so much, but I think that's going to be the two teams to really watch and that'll most likely be your western championship will be those two teams yeah man i i hear you both and i guess majority rules but you guys like i i want to say to big rob you guys are sleeping on the sleeping giant like if we said if we said on game one of the fall pit bosses versus force and you guys knew nothing about what the pit bosses were doing in the offseason knowing what you knew about the force and what you knew about the pit bosses last season what would you say that game would have been repeat that one more time for me if game one of the fall that we uh -huh. the season we're having right now you knew nothing about what the pit bosses were doing in the offseason knew nothing about what the force were doing in the offseason force just coming off their championship run and they're playing each other game one in the fall what, what do you say about them both? The I force would, is dominating that game, right? I would lean towards the force winning the game, for sure. Okay. Yeah, because so that's what I, we saw in the, in the spring league, in the spring, in the spring, um, when we had the, the games in the spring, that's what we saw. We saw right. um, 
Bartley just fell a little short and he didn't quite have the talent to keep up with the force. 26-13. So, 26-13 final. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, right. again, my point, 13 points. So not knowing what the force has been doing in the off in the off uh, the off season but knowing what the pit bosses are doing right now you think the force is just going to show up not having improved at all and the pit bosses are just going to dog walk them with a 14 point no not at all not at all man you you, see, you just said you're, you're taking it you're taking it as being that they're going to that this is going to be a um Okay, it's not going to be a 28-24 game, or 28-14 game, excuse me. It's going to be one of those situations where even a sleeping giant has to get smacked in the mouth once in a while to, to get woken up. Yeah, they got Let's smacked in the mouth to end their season by the eventual national champion. That's well, that, that's who they are comparing themselves to, to. You guys, are you think they're concerned about the pit bosses? Yeah, they know they got to play them and be ready for them, but they have their eyes on the BIC. The best well, team good. in the but league, and, right? And, and just like any NFL team that thinks that they're going to walk over another team, they can overlook a team that is actually up and coming very easily. And that's, that's my not, That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying but, they're building no, themselves to a championship standard, not a Las Vegas, we're really good standard. I, and I understand that. But if it, you, in a way, Derek, I could turn this around on you very easily and say, so you're saying that, the pit bosses aren't building themselves into a national standard rather than a Las Vegas standard. I, I say that the pit bosses, by the time they're done with this fall season, if they make a similar level jump from fall to spring next season, they've got a really good chance to be at that level, but they're not there right now. Okay. But as we just said, the difference between the two right now, the difference, the major difference between the two teams right now is the fact that you have one that's playing and you have one that's game not. speed. Yeah, you that, have that, one. That's one the that's major difference that you guys are focused on. The major yeah. difference that you're not focused on is the last time they played, they mm -hmm. saw and competed against the national champion. The pit bosses have not seen that or have competed against that to know what level they need to aspire to. And I'm telling you because I saw it with my own eyes what they needed to aspire to. And I saw mm -hmm. the look in the eyes of the men that I was still on the field with. And they looked at me and said, we know what we need to do. That shit will never happen again. And I trust them. So, okay. be so because yeah. the pit bosses have not tasted that, I don't believe they know how to cook it. So would you say, and I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'm going to say this and you could agree with me or disagree with me. But so in that tune, are you saying then, that because the pit bosses have not challenged a national team or a team from back east, that they don't know what the expectations truly are. And you feel that the force who hasn't playing this season will actually have a leg up because they understand what it takes to be a national champion? In the week one matchup that you're talking about? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's why I'm saying, again, Iron sharpens iron. Let me see it. I want to see in week one, I would want to see the pit bosses versus the force because I want to see a team that did not play in the fall season versus a team that did and understands that they're trying to get where the force was. Because I guarantee you, if we had Bartley on this call right now, I guarantee his level of commitment isn't right now 
just to uh, be able to stay with the force. His commitment right now is to go out there and play at the same level as some of these other national teams. I guarantee it. He's not thinking, oh, I want to be the, the cream of the crop for Vegas. He wants to be the cream of the crop for the nation. Yeah, and I get that. And you believe me, I have all the trust in the world in Anthony Bartley. I'm telling you, the players haven't felt that. It's not it, when when you get in the trenches and the man across from you is hungrier and stronger than you, and you don't have anything more to give because you've given what's what you brought to, with you that day. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more you can do. I would agree with that wholeheartedly, but so, at the same time, I think that you know we've got to when we're sitting here, you know, evaluating these teams and talking about these teams. The one part of a team that you can never measure is heart. And I see a team in the pit bosses that play with a lot of emotion and a lot of heart. So I don't know that I can sit here right now, right now, and tell you, I get what you're saying about the force. I totally get it. And I also get what I'm saying about the pit bosses. And I think when you have a team, you know, I got to express this too. For people that don't know Anthony Barton, You've got to understand, this is a dude that, that coaches with heart and love with his players. Guys don't just buy in to a system without having respect for their coach, period. And these guys have bought, bought in. You don't see them hanging a 50-burger almost every game for nothing. These guys want to send a message. They want to let you know, and they want to let the national teams know all around the U.S., hey, we're doing this because we're coming for you. They're, they're sending a message without saying it. They're letting their play do their oh, – no, they're, they're saying it. They're speaking. No, and they're, they're, no, they're saying it publicly, coach and captain. Yes, they are saying it. Every chance they get, they are saying it. Good. Yes, Let they are. Say it, but the fact okay. of the matter is, what I'm saying is when you're, when you're out there doing it, you can – and I've said it before, playing, you know, coaching, whatever. I've said it before. Let your play do your talking. But if you're blowing people out, go ahead and talk. I mean, you've obviously got something that other people don't. But what I'm saying is, I yes, I would like to see uh, the pit bosses have a little um, – I want to see them have a challenge, and I want to see them overcome some of the challenges. But I, I truly think, like I said, I will stand by this, and you've got the receipt on it. I will stand by it. I think that in a game one – not knowing game one, if I was to take pit bosses as is right now, no players changing as is right now versus the force game one, I'm picking the pit bosses because well, of what not, they, that's what not a possibility. Doing. And that, now you, now you've changed the bet because the, because Pac-Man Jones is a force player who plays for the pit bosses right now. So there's no way okay. that that so, can actually happen right. the way you structured it. Then let so. me, let me rephrase it then. <laughs> yeah. If I was to take the pit bosses, and their game versus the force and their game in game one, whatever the players are, I'm going to still go with the pit bosses for game one. As I said, now, if we're talking game five, minus 14, game six, game you seven, said, don't forget, you said yeah, minus 14, minus 14. <laughs> now, if it's game, if it's further down, in the, in the, <laughs> if it's further down within that, within that, you know, it might be a total different story because I, I agree with you. I think the force knows where they need to go. And yeah, I think so, they want to get there without a so, shadow of a doubt. 
so we're clear, and I don't want I don't want anybody to, to take what I'm saying about the pit bosses as shade. I'm just talking about week one. This conversation is week one because and only it, right because once the pit bosses play this new force team, guess what they're gonna have? They'll have that taste in their mouth of what that was and understand the recipe of how to cook that. So week one specifically, that yep. is what I'm talking about. Once we get to that point, I see because the pit bosses have a ton of talents and so, great coaching and great heart. And I know right. that they're going to be a motherfucking beast for so, the entire know, league to deal with, but, so, but they won't know how to be that until they face this version of the force or uh, I, um, the so, BIC or the U. That's that's so, that's what I'm getting at. So game one, week one, are you taking a reverse of what Chris is saying and saying the force is going to beat the pit bosses by 14? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm saying... I'm getting my easy money out of Chris because <laughs> I'm, I'm taking my 14 points and the, the force are not a team that's going to blow people out. That's not their style of game. They are grind you and beat you down, man you up on, on the D line, man you up on the O line, wear you down, put up 21, 24, 28 points. And when you look up and you have 12, you're like, fuck the game's over. That's, um, that's how I'm they get down. One. I'm giggling at this whole thing because there's nothing that says they're playing each other in game one. Guess who's in charge of that? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they're playing each other in game five, and I don't have to worry about losing no money. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I might have some insider information. <laughs> <laughs> And your insider information. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would take now. a spread in that game, but I would definitely take an over under of eighty and go over that for the total for the final okay. score. All right, I, I, how much you want to do? I'll take the under. <laughs> yeah, Derek. Derek just threw me in for a thousand. It wasn't even like he said. Oh yeah, that sounds good. No, well, I, well, I, just like, well, Chris, you got a thousand. I, I know what you're worth, bro. <laughs> oh, I, I, know, I know if I need a band, you're, you're my first call. So, Damn. So, K Casey, I don't, I don't know what his financial situation is like, so, so I'm asking permission. <laughs> anyway, so, Casey, whatever amount of money you want, 80 points, I'm, I'm, I'm in for the under. All right. This should be an interesting. This should, next season should be very interesting. To yeah, say right. And I, I think, I'm not sure if we're legally allowed to do what we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it that much more exciting. Well, we at, are in Vegas, right? At, at, at any rate, so we've talked about game one or game three of our week three matchup with the gold versus the Insomniacs for about twenty seconds, and right. then Let's we get start back to that. We talked about the hunters just a little bit when I was talking about Coach Ray and. Savion specifically with over the top only, and that is matchup number one on on this Sunday at 10 a.m. Bonanza High School, over the top versus the Hunters. OTT mm. at one and one, Hunters at two and zero, oh, but uh, Asterisk K Uno has an injury. Ugh. 
it's non-football related so i'm not going to say it on air until he says it himself but it is a non-football related injury uh over the holiday season uh not sure if he's going to play but if he does he will be limited with what he's capable of because of a non-football related injury you know and the thing about it is i don't remember who their backup quarterback is i'm not gonna lie um Kayuno is that good as a quarterback that, you know, I'm sorry if I say it and I, I don't mean, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not trying to put anybody out there and say, you're not as good. The kid Kayuno is that good in my eyes. This he kid is, is, is um, he can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He is their leader on the field, period. I, I you know, I, whether you guys agree or disagree, I agree totally. You know, I've been around football long enough to see a kid that takes charge of the huddle and takes charge of the offense when they're on the field. That's their quarterback. And super coachable. And I'm not 100%, but I think it's his brother that is the backup quarterback. Nice. don't, Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure his brother plays for the team and is QB2, but I'm not 100% sure. But they run a wishbone offense. Uh, obviously he being probably the better thrower and better decision maker uh, of who we've seen in the backfield, as, as you are aware, I don't know who their backup is hundred percent either. So if without him, we don't know how far of a step they take down, if they take a step down at all, but that is the matchup. And Kuno is not just on one side of the ball, right? He was a pretty good defender too. So now trying to stop Savion Cunningham on offense and on the throw off. Uh, if he's not on the field, those responsibilities go to other people as well. So really intriguing situation. I, I've thought the matchup would be a good one anyway, without the Kate Uno news, but with the Kate Uno news, it becomes a much more intriguing conversation for sure. I would agree. And the, the thing that bothers me about OTT I really like the team. I think that they have a outstanding defense. I think that, you know, you know, when we talk about teams, the biggest problem and the hardest piece is always going to be your offense because quarterback is always the hardest to find. Um, and obviously with, with this, it's no different. So my question mark with OTT is just their quarterback situation. Now, if they are, sticking with, uh, I believe is the, the kid's name is Joe. Um, he's a decent quarterback, but he needs to learn this game. And the speed of the game is much different than what he is used to in high school. And I think that um, if they're to stick with him throughout the season, get him a little bit more experience under his belt, he could be something. Um, he just has to understand this game a little bit better. And hopefully you know, um, G's got some people that are coming in to help him out and can really help them with their offense. Because if you take away <clears throat> what they've what they've been able to accomplish um, with Savion and some of the other situations, you know, their offense is the only weak point on that team. Now, granted, I, I say that, and yeah, everybody can say, oh, well, their offense is a weak point. Come on. It's really... They've got the the um, the speed. They've got the route runners. They've got what they need. They just need somebody to get them the ball. 
and understand the offense and how to play it. So I think with a, uh, a little seasoning and a little help, I think that their, their offense, if it comes around, they could be dangerous. Yeah, no doubt. They, and uh, they are adding to their team. There's four or five re- levels of reinforcement coming to OTT as well. Uh, one of them, uh, I was not asked not to say anything, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. it Maybe may breaking news, uh, <laughs> Willie, Willie Perry, who was the uh, best quarterback the Insomniacs put on the field uh, last season outside of Daniel Packer, is going to be playing for OTT, but not at the quarterback position. So they feel they at least have someone better than Willie Perry was calling the signals for them. So that gives me a lot more confidence in what OTT can bring to the table because, like you said, they were just a quarterback away from being ready to be competitive. They got a lot to learn about the the level of the game. But as far as talent is available, they've got it all. They just need to understand how to play play our version of ball at this point. Would agree. And I mean, I think that <clears throat> the situation with them, they could be very competitive in this league, very competitive with the uh, right quarterback. Um, I think that uh, G's done a really good job of putting some, some guys on the field that are athletes, um, looking around and seeing these guys run on defense and understanding their defense. Now, I know that that teams always talk about, well, it's easier to have defensive players and defense is always way ahead of offense. And I think that's the situation. But if they've got a quarterback that can put it all together, dude, Savion is, is you know, this kid is incredible. He's, he's, he's Yeah. And, I mean, not only can he, you know, um, <laughs> I knew a kid that they we nicknamed him Blue Bayou uh, because he is so fast. And he's, he's right in that. You caught he on said to that, right? Bayou when I was, yeah, I was thinking Bayou. Louisiana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? no, no, I no, was no. too. And I just come from way, Louisiana. That's the way we kind of put it together. But it was, oh, it was, this kid would run by you in a heartbeat. But what I'm saying is, Savion is, is, is that kind of, of talent. And the thing about it is I, I watched him play. And it's like, dude, if you would refine your, your wide receiver skills, this kid could be extra special. Yeah, not get just rid of the, special. Extra get rid special. of the false steps. Uh, be yeah, a, yeah. smoother route running. Understand understand your hips when you're when you're going into a cut. The things yep. that takes years of coaching to get. Once he get, I mean, as soon as he gets under somebody who understands that, and if you're working with him, Chris, I got I've got really high hopes for this young man, especially if you're helping him. If he gets some of that coaching. Help. If he gets some of that coaching, man, honestly, he's going to be one of those guys being offered a contract that after, maybe even after this fall season. See, there's, there's a couple things that he and I have talked about. And one of them is he's always got his bubble release. And I've told him time and time again, if you step out of bounds, you cannot be the first person to touch that ball. So as a defender with your bubble release, I'm just going to push you out of bounds. Yep. Now I don't have to worry about you. So there's little things in his, in his capabilities that if he refined, this kid is, he scores off the chart. I mean, he's got the speed. He's got the, the uh, capability of catching the ball. But there's just like you said, there's a few things he's got to work on. One of the biggest things that, that does bother me about him is his route running. And the other thing that bothers me about him is his, uh, there's three things. 
First is his route running. Second is his adjustment to the ball. And third is his the way he catches. He oh, always man, I love his catch. I, I love his, his ball chest. adjustment. Interesting. No, I watched him. You, you saw the you saw the pass that was thrown into the middle of the field. And yeah. what he was trying to do was look over his shoulder. I mean, look over the top of his head to catch the ball. Oh, you're he talking about his, his technique on it. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got to make I'm with, that I'm with you there. to catch it over the shoulder. Yeah, he's he not pushing not his body to... back. He's not pushing exactly. his body back. He's only whipping his head. That that yep. won't last. Nope. And, and that, not that, that doesn't translate to the bounce. NFL. <laughs> yep. Makes your head bounce so you can't see the ball. Right. And so you lose track of it. So right, he's but... just got to learn a few nuances, and the kid could be amazing. Yeah, Amazing. and the fa- the fact that he's able to track the ball as well as he has without having that right is special as well. So I'm with yeah. you there. Yeah, he's he's got some really good things that that's already going for him, and with a little bit of coaching, I mean, there there's no reason this kid shouldn't be. Um, you know, I, I, look, let's put it this way: A7FL is to me should be the launching point to a lot of pro situations. And I really think that this kid, um, with with the size of the receivers, the speed of the receivers, and the abilities of some of these receivers, if he gets on their level, there's no reason he couldn't play with them. Oh, for sure. And the fact that we've got uh, Dr. Jen Welter right here playing with the X or coaching with the XFL, having a direct pipeline to us if she wants it. Uh, you know, she's on the board of the A7FL. It's kind of a match made in heaven. We we haven't really worked that out, but if they're watching and they're watching their TVs because we're on TV and I'm sure they like football too, they will see it. And yeah. I, I, she's got my number. We have communicated. So <laughs> well, it, yeah. it's a pretty great thing for everybody involved. So I, I'm, I'm excited about that too. Yeah, the young man jumps off the screen. There's no doubt. And right. in reality... There's so many things that there's, uh, we talked, um, when I was, uh, talking with them and he came, I went out to one of their practices. We're talking about a whip route and to watch him run it after I told him, okay, look, this is what you need to do. The kid is coachable, 1000% coachable. And to watch him run the whip route afterwards, what he's uncoverable because by the time he, he starts his in cut and you're flipping your hips to go with him, he's already breaking outside. And the corner has no chance, no chance in hell to run with them. So it's it, to see that you have to double team them. You have to friggin' bracket them. There's no way to k- contain him. And Gee, that's I hope what you're I'm listening saying. to this. Well, G <laughs> and I, coaching pointers, these coaching talk. pointers, man, everybody needs this. Access. <laughs> right. That's. I mean, I look, you, Derek, you know, my mind and I'm a, a played for years. And I would love to drop knowledge on wide receivers at any given time. And if I'm given an opportunity to, to coach up wide receivers, trust me when I say I will prove it. I will prove it because wide receivers have to understand the nuances of, of running a, a route and understanding where they're supposed to be. It's not always about speed. Your separation can come at the last few seconds in your route. And you oh, have to understand the nuances Absolutely. of that. So, this kid, Savion, is so fast that I can have him on cruise control and then break into his, his last cut and hit that top gear. He's going to be so friggin' wide open. The quarterback's going to be looking at him like, dude, can I get you the ball? You're so far downfield. So right. 
the the fact of coaching him is almost an excitement for me because he is that good. Well, I can't wait to see it. Well, well okay, so the chance. Yeah, so that's uh game two or game one, the second game we we've covered. Now game three, what we're all considering the matchup of the week. The two and oh pit bosses against the one and one kryptonite with their fully constructed roster, including Eric Munchie Shefford. So I am <laughs> so hyped for this game. Like the smack talk that was going on in the three on one, the little bit I got to hear because I had to come get on our podcast was tremendous. Like, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have heard all of these podcasts leading up to this one, but one of the things that big Rob Fabian said about RTC is they called him a great value version of courage. Mosley, uh, Mosley, Mosley. I can't remember his last name. Anyway, courage, the best running back in the league, right? Somebody took offense, yada, yada, yada. But big Rob said once RTC starts standing over dudes, barking at him, then, then maybe he'll be on courage's level. And RTC said to Anthony Wilkerson, I'm going to run you over and crawl over the top of you and bark until you stand up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. There that was some great. next level shit talking happening on that show, wow. y'all. You gotta go, you gotta go check Man, that shit out. I'm gonna have to go check podcast. that out after this one. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I mean, as entertaining as this one's been, <laughs> <laughs> there, theirs was every bit as good, the part I've heard so far. I, I can't wait to go listen to the rest of it myself. Man, I gotta listen to that. I'll be listening to that tonight. For sure. Yeah, man. So uh, Kryptonite versus Pit Bosses. Uh, highly, highly anticipated matchup for all the things we've already talked about with the Pit Bosses and all the things they've done to everyone so far. Their first major test could be this week with the Kryptonite. Now, we thought OTT was going to test them, and they proved to not be up to the task. So maybe we're just going to see a repeat performance of that, but with the level of talent that is on the field, I don't think so. who's understood and played this level of football before with the RTC and a guy like Munch who has, you know, put on the pads more times than not. So he knows what hitting looks like. He knows what aggressive professional football looks like. I, I just, there's, there's some dogs in that team that are not going to lay down and, I, I can see even if the game gets ugly early, changing late, or it can be competitive early and could get real interesting late. Well, let me ask you a question. And, and this is something I, I've kind of put out there, uh, not openly, but in my mind, I've thought about this. If you put Smooth on OTT as their QB, I think they'd be something because of the talent they got. Oh, for sure. Now, now put, bring this back to Kryptonite. Kryptonite's got some talent. You know, anybody who says they don't is fooling themselves. They got some talent. These guys can play. And my curiosity, my curiosity is this. Does Smooth understand running? Because that's the only piece right now in my eyes. He runs around to look for open men. He doesn't run around to make a play. If he starts running the ball, Kryptonite has something. Well, that's and, part of his game too. I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I met Smooth, it was at the Worlds 
last year in Tampa. And he has a quick trigger run offense that I believe that they will be installing, but they, they never practice together. They literally, if you listen to the podcast, Anthony RTC Wilkerson tells the story that he got the call Wednesday, Thursday before the last game by Vince and said, Hey man, please come out here. Let's do this damn thing. No, I take that back. Anthony called <laughs> Vince. I'm tired of Trey talking shit. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got time to sit on the couch listening to Trey talk shit. Right. Like, fuck this, I'm playing. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that was some funny shit. But what he did was call up all of his buddies that he plays flag with, who are like next level dogs, and said, "Yo, come play with the Crypt tonight. Let's do this uh, this Sunday." They obviously came out, won their game <laughs> lap uh, as a brand br- three day old team, basically. And now they've had three weeks to practice to install an offense and install a defense gearing up for what they have is film on the pit bosses, right? Right. If, if they're going about their business the right way and, and taking this A7 serious and not flag serious, it could this be This is going to be a dog special. fight. It could be. It could be. Hmm. There's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ifs and buts in there. As my, my former boss used to say, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Yes. <laughs> That's, true. <laughs> That's true. So there's a lot of ifs with the kryptonite. And if they put all those things together, and if they're watching film and putting a game plan together based on what they've already seen, and pit bosses are playing something that they haven't seen, advantage kryptonite. If, the, if kryptonite's just rolling off the couch again, and talked about practicing for three weeks, and these dudes are going to roll off the couch again because they had a lot of success last time doing that. It, it won't even be a game. No, right. The pit bosses oh. are well, way too polished already. To, to it, oh, Kryptonite has a lot of talent. They'll put up some scores, maybe right. have, have some some splash plays, and it'll be fun. But it, they won't have a chance of winning if that, if that's what they're doing. Right. Well, my curiosity for this whole thing with when you're talking about the two teams is just this. Let's say that Kryptonite has been practicing. Let's say that they have been paying attention and they have been doing some film study and they think that they've got some stuff going on with what they can do against the pit bosses. I also think that, you know, universally, when we look at it, we've got to look at it on the backside too and say, Bartley's been doing the same thing. You know, he's got, he knows who their their go-to guys are. He knows what's going to be, he might not know what's coming, but I hope, I hope that they have been practicing because realistically what, what that makes it out to be is what it comes down to is who does the best job of adjustments, both on offense and defense, because your adjustments are going to be the adjustments needed to win the game. Yeah, for me, so, that's advantage Bartley, man. I mean, absolutely. in-game, in-game adjustments. Bartley I, I, all day. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, uh, his adjustments are second to none. And that's why I say, you know, when I, when I look at, take a step back and look at these two teams, it really comes down to, and, and here again, something that uh, Corey said that he brought up and, you know, we've heard a little bit about and we've talked about when he was on, which was the difference between having a coach and having a player coach, right? So adjustments from a coach that's standing on the sidelines watching what's going on can be better adjustments than a player coach because a player coach is in on one side of the ball, sometimes both. So 
I'm right. very interested to see how this plays out because we're playing. We're, we're when you think about it, you got two teams: one that has uh, a regular coach and one that has kind of a coach in Snow. And don't get me wrong, Snow knows the game of football. I I played football with Snow with the Pirates. He knows football, but at the same time, is he going to be able to do the adjustments like? Bartley will be able to. Well, that's what I say. So, advantage Bartley. I mean, Bartley's coached yeah. at the highest semi-pro level you could possibly be at, right? So right. he he understands legitimate game planning and how to best utilize. I mean, he's got he's a Hall of Famer three times over. It's not just talk. He's got the resume to go with it. Obviously, game planning and in-game adjustments is what he's legendary for. Snow's a good dude and knows football. And maybe like you and I can put together a game plan, but he doesn't have that same level of day-to-day experience, like legit on the field action. It, we, we're all good. Bartley's great, right? So that, yep. that's that advantage Bartley for that reason. Would agree. I don't know, man. So, Absolutely. All, right. all right. So we're coming to the part of the show where we've discussed all three teams and any predictions now. Okay. Wow. Wow. We're gonna start, okay. We're so... going to start. We're going to start. Get, uh, Insomniacs versus gold. Casey, what do you got? Insomniacs gold. I say it's going to be a tough game, but I think the gold are going to pull it out as long as they can pull the extra points out finally. Casey's going gold. I'm going to go on a absolute flyer and say Insomniacs. I think uh, specifically because these guys know that they needed to be in the lab the last three weeks working on everything and finally gelling as a team with all their new pieces and the pieces that they added. I think the insomniacs are finally going to wake up and give, take a little shine off the goal. What about you, Chris? Well, you know, I was just going to ask you because I heard coach talking about coach Q talking about um, adding some players. I don't know who he's added. And that's a scary part of this. Um, I think that they're, you know, just a little bit of coaching and a little bit of uh, a few players away from being competitive. So not knowing what they added, uh, I, I'm I'm going to have to go with, and I, I'm going to kick myself for saying this, I'm going to have to go with the gold. All right. Two gold, one insomniac. Next up, Hunters with a non-football injury, K-Uno. Uh, and versus over the top, uh, Chris, I'll, I'll go first this time. I will say I'll take over the top, uh, just based on them having Willie Perry and having uh, someone else play quarterback. I think that they must really have something there that's, that's worthwhile. And that team with a decent quarterback, uh, versus a injured K Uno and the hunters. Although if, all things were even and Kauno was full strength. I'd probably lean hunters without him possibly being full strength. I'm going to have to go over the top. All right. Okay. So Chris, you're next. Um, this one scares me as well. Um, I'm going to go over the top as well. Um, mainly because of Kauno, but the other side of it is also, I don't know my question mark for for um, the Hunters is, is their special teams. And we all, we, we've sat here and talked about Savion already. We saw what the pit bosses were able to do with them, but are the Hunters ready for that? 
And that's the big question mark. So I'm going to lean over the top. That's a great point. All right, Casey, your last well, on this one. My decision wouldn't falter either way with or without Kehuno. He's a great player, but I, I just believe that Savion Cunningham and what the OTT have going and what they've added, um, I think that they're going to pull it out. All right, so that was 3-0, right? Yep. Yes, it was. Wow. That means the Hunters are going to win that game. (laughs) 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 All right. And then last and certainly not least, the most anticipated game of the season, uh, Pit Bosses versus Kryptonite. Chris, you are up first. Um, The winner of the shit talking is going to be. No. um, God, man. Look, I've given a lot to to Bartley and I'm going to say he's going to find a way and I think that uh pit bosses win. All right, Casey. Um it's going to be a 12 round dog fight but I think the pit bosses are going to pull it out. I am also going to say pit bosses. I as much as Kryptonite has the talent that I think can stack up to the pit bosses and the force uh, based on what I see on paper. Unfortunately, it's just on paper until I see it on the field. It it's, I got to lean to the the cream of the crop right now. The pit bosses look every bit, the real part on par with where (laughs) the force left off last season. And I, I love what I'm seeing and can't wait for them to continue this ascension to greatness. They're, they're certainly on their way. So, uh, kryptonite uh, please prove me wrong because this would be the greatest game i think i've ever seen and had a chance to be a part of it if if it happens that way but uh the gun to my head i'm picking pit bosses on this one right and i was i was gonna say yeah without a doubt i think if the kryptonite bring everything that we know that they have on their team now and it comes together and that if comes together i think it's gonna be a very 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 close game is going to be something like we probably haven't seen yet and be a high-scoring game, like a 48-42 to battle. But if they come trying to just roll off the couch, then that's going to be a 50-burger against maybe 20. You nailed it. So. Would agree. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think we've uh, crushed and powdered this thing as much as we possibly can. Let's uh, store it away and – Hopefully we can add some water on Sunday and this thing is, is as beautiful as we remembered it. I'm ready for it. You've got my receipts, so we'll see what happens. All right. Well, let's uh, say parting shots. Chris, what do you got? I think my parting shot on this is, uh, I think the, and, and I'll put it this way. With the matchups that we have coming this Sunday, defense, defense, defense. Because if you think about all the teams that are playing, defenses have got to shine if not we're going to see some high scoring games all right i'm going to take my time to make a quick announcement uh pro bowl weekend december 4th and 5th anderson automotive arena we will be hosting a ten thousand dollar cash tournament a7 rules up to 20 teams uh no no roster maximums 60 man 60 a man just like the bmf tournament that we did three weeks ago uh, cash prize to the winner, uh, registrations taken care of for the spring for the runner-up. 
big, big news out at Anderson Automotive Arena leading up to our championship game between the one and two, uh, the, the playoff winners from the 29th game will be matching up Sunday night for the championship. Saturday and Sunday leading up to that will be our $10,000 cash tournament. Get your popcorn ready. Casey, what do you got and take us out? Oh, man. Um, I'm excited to see what this Sunday brings, but most excited to see what the rest of the season brings. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of great football to be played, and I think we might have some um, excitement in the end. I think we'll have some teams make the playoffs that maybe none of us thought would. Right on. Well, Casey, I forgot. Congratulations on your promotion to commissioner. Thank you, sir. And I'm excited. Uh, and with and Chris, congratulations on your promotion to division manager. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, congratulations very much. And Thank while we're too. on the topic, uh, Kelly Hurst, congratulations on your promotion to area manager, taking care of the all the divisions that I run. Thank you very much, Kelly. And with that, uh, I want to say no pads, no problem. Casey, take us out. Until next time, gentlemen, I am Casey Cox. He is Hall of Famer Derek Duncan. And alongside me, now manager Chris Vera. Until next time, we will see you guys on the other side of the ball. Hey.